Good morning, Bill. Morning, Mark. Another podcast. Boy, are we having some fun and are we meeting some interesting people? But more importantly, we're getting some great feedback from, you know, I was at a breakfast this morning, a, uh, a Bendigo Bank e- economic breakfast, which was interesting in itself, held down at the Geelong Cats. Uh, and the other interesting thing I noticed this morning, Mark, was how that new grandstand's progressing. Yeah, it's looking good, isn't and, it? And the, the engineering feat of putting that new roof on is, is amazing. But the main message this morning was that um, we should maybe expect another rate rise early next year from the Reserve Bank, that uh, the rest of 2024 will be business as you go and will, be, and will get tougher and some of the economic indicators will change but we should look for, uh, my advice is get your business ready but you know batten down the hatches and get ready for when things come back later on in 2024 so the cycle continues of course it does <laughs> yeah. so bill um we're out here at direct board this morning who are the winners of the geelong business excellence business of the year award um, a great business. So who's our guest? Well, first of all, they, they are the winner of the Total Awards. The Total Awards. Right, um, which is fantastic. Well, Aaron, welcome to our podcast. Now, thanks for having me. And we're talking to Aaron Finch, who's the Managing Director of Direct Bore. And Direct Bore, um, I guess the, the official way or the easy way to describe what they do is um, directional drilling, which for those that wonder what that is, if you see a... Uh, a big wheel of orange pipe or something on a trailer in a street and you see this boring machine that's going horizontal along the street, that's what um, directional drilling is. Is that right, Darren? That's right, Bill. It's a good way to sum it up. Good. Well, I did my own work. Like <laughs> so, so, Aaron, let's let's start with um, where, where did you grow up? Where did you go to primary school? I grew up in Leopold, so I went to Leopold Primary down there. Yeah. And... Um, Family always were in Leopold? Or? Yeah, so Dad grew up on a dairy farm down in Camperdown. And, yeah, they moved to Geelong a while back now. So got off the farm? Got off the farm and then moved into Geelong. And, yeah, we sort of been out in Leopold for 20-odd years. Okay. And and did you, at a young age, were you on the farm at any stage? No, no, no it was before my time. They, oh, okay. Yeah. So you, you missed the early morning starts. Correct. <laughs> no, we still got them. <laughs> well, just not farm. That's true. That's true. Well, Mark, you just... Dairy farm. What's that? Why do I express surprise at dairy farm? We keep hearing it, don't we? Yeah. With so many people we interview, yeah, right. Started life on a dairy Kids farm. On a dairy Kids farm. on a dairy yeah. farm, or their parents had a dairy farm and then moved to the city to, yeah, right. to get away from the farm, which is really, really interesting. So, um, primary school, so high school in high school in Geelong as well. We went to Geelong High. Yep, yep. Good school. Yeah, it was a good school. Every school's got their problems. I got bullied pretty hard when I was younger. Really? Yeah, okay. sort of toughened you up a bit from there. But um, yeah. And and while you were at school, what were you thinking of doing? Yeah, I always wanted to come into the business. I was always always good at it. Every time I'd finish school, I'd get the bus back home, and then I'd be out in the yard helping Dad out and and whatnot, wherever I could do. So Weekends, spare time. It was always so. It was in your blood. It was in my blood. So what? How did your dad start the business? So dad started from my grandfather. He used to have a, an old tractor and they used to get a tow behind backhoe. So then he he had that. And then back then for lunch, they'd get a can of soap and they'd tie it to the exhaust with a bit of wire. So we tried that on the turbo of one of the drills and forgot about it. And he hears almighty bang. Oh, you can smell his baked beans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he got to start on it from there. And then he bought the, uh, as you come in the foyer, you would have saw that little blue drill. Yeah. 
So that was one of the first drills in Geelong, and now we've um, got 13 of them. And and how did he get the business going? What what who who was his first sort of customers and? Yeah, so back then it was called, like I said, these days a pair called, back then was SEC. And we used to, pretty much on a small scale, what we do now, if you wanted us to go under the road, we'd be able to drill under the road without digging it up. Whether it was laying water main, power, Telstra, we'd be the go-to to be able to do all that. And then we just got bigger and diversified a little bit more with that. So then he had a, um, his first directional drill was a hand load, three metre drill pipe. You had to load all that all day. So if we had a big job on, we'd get a, a labourer in to help us load the drill pipe so we could make it a bit quicker for the day. And he said we'd never use one. And, um, yeah, we've used them every day. That's amazing. And yeah. so, so, Aaron, what was your education into the business then? Just hands-on with your dad? Yeah, pretty much hands-on. So mum and dad taught me everything I know. And um, as I grew older, I started picking brains of people that I thought were more successful than me in business. And that's how I learnt and then grew and tried that. And I spoke to a mate of mine not long ago. He's retired now. And I said, no, how do you know when you're going hard enough? He said, what do you mean? And I go, well, where do I know when I'm doing it? He goes, it's simple. If it doesn't scare you, you're not going big enough. I go, oh, well, this is scaring the shit out of me at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're going all right. Well, yeah. that, that's, well, you lie. Well, I guess what keeps you awake at night? That's a question. Aaron, so, yeah, what keeps you awake at night? Yeah, lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're in business and those of you that, that are and even if you're not sort of business minded it's the simple things you can't seem to switch off yep yeah it's well and that's one of the issues about being your own business owner isn't it is that you yeah and i don't care what all the gurus say you can never switch off no it just doesn't it just and now have you got other family in the business yes and my sister yes yep she's in the business and that's it all right have you got family yeah, I've got a, a three-year-old and I just got married two weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. how did you fit that in? But <laughs> oh, we're making it work. <laughs> and what, you had a uh, five-minute honeymoon? Yeah. Sort, no, we didn't it? have a honeymoon. We're going to try and get away next year. Oh, that's, yeah. yeah, well, that's important. Yeah. Oh, well, that's exciting times. Yeah, no, we're really yeah. excited. Oh, yeah. Well, well done and congratulations Thank on you. that. So, so picking up on, so, so your dad would teach you how to use the equipment. Yes. That side. So the actual business skills in running a business, how have you picked that up? What's, how have you learned? To, or you've talked about mentors. So. Yeah, so I've got a few mentors yep. and then other people help me mentor them with a the smaller sort of company. It's just how it seems to work. It's, um, it's a hard way. To, like I've learned it by talking to people. I haven't done any courses. Um, my highest completed school year was year 10. And that mum and dad made me do VCE for six months to see if I like it. And knowing damn well I'd hate it. But they, they said that because they put me through that. And, um, yes, yeah, so I've just learned through making mistakes pretty much. I've always said the best way to learn is either get hurt or lose money. You'll only ever do it once or twice. And then try to change the direction from there. Well, and uh, willing uh, to yeah, uh, sorry, Mark. Uh, Aaron, there's an old saying about uh, the best way to learn is to learn by doing. Mm. And you're obviously street smart. Yes. This, this is what I... I summarise successful people like yourself uh, and you can't learn what you're doing out there in the work that you do through books. No, you can't. It just doesn't happen. And you learn by bitter experience and by making mistakes. That's right. And Mark and I have been through that ourselves in our own businesses and sometimes it hurts. Yep. But um, you've obviously jumped that, that hurdle and gone into the next phase and I guess the issue for you now will be where do you stop and how big do you get or, you know, what's next? That's a very good question, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I said I was not going to get any bigger probably four or five years ago and we've grown maybe 400%. Mm. 
So as for how big we're going to go, I, I just I don't I can't answer that question because I plan to not get any bigger this year, and then um, we're pushing for some some even bigger things next year. So I guess we come to if I got the guys and the staff and the managers to be able to support our decisions, I guess we'll just keep growing. Well, that was going to be my next point: is that you can you can go wherever you want to go as long as you've got the right people around you. Correct. And you you can't do it on your own. And by the sounds of it, you're confident you've got the right people around. Yeah, I've got a really, really great team. I'm quite fortunate there. Yeah. Um, coming into next year, we will be looking for some more managers to be able to help out. But it's hard to find that skill set. They're the ones that you need to come in. They can't learn on the job. They've got to be able to come in with a bit of knowledge with um, the managerial yeah. side of things to at, help. At this economic update I went to this morning and we're talking about Geelong. And, of course, one of the issues that often comes up is that the skill set around Geelong uh, at the level that you employ and a couple of businesses that I'm involved with, um, they're all disappeared. They're going to Melbourne chasing the $200,000 jobs in, in tunnels and train lines and yeah. all that sort of thing. Are you experiencing that lack of you know, skilled, I guess, labour that uh, could help you, you know, if you could find them? Yeah, 100%. So we, um, we are paying top of the range like that, what they'd get in the tunnels or close to it. Yeah. You just can't find them. The people want to get paid more money to do less work, and like we've got a couple of people within our business, and every company's got them. I can guarantee you, you've got a, a few um, slower people with no enthusiasm, sort of milking it a little bit, I guess you could say. And it's disappointing to see the guys that really do put in 110, percent then the other guys just sort of. Well, welcome to what happens to everybody else in the industry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. right. They always talk about the the three levels: They're those at the top that are your champions, <laughs> and uh, they're the ones that you. Will take to war with you. <laughs> the middle ones, and they're they're the ones that are absolutely essential because they come every day. They do the work that needs to be done, and you always got that last bit that will be chopping and changing, and perhaps don't meet your can't meet your standards. Yeah. Uh, and but that's to me, my in my experience, that's what employing people is all about. Yeah. No, that's right, and that's what one of our, um, our senior managers said the other day. He goes, "We're not in the business of putting pipe in the ground." We're in the business of managing people. I go, well, you couldn't have said that any truer if you wanted to. Yeah. And that's what we've got to try to work through, I suppose, everyone. So do you do you sit down and and review the business and say, right, uh, with your manager, say, right, uh, where do we want to be in five years? What's the structure we need? How are you sort of Yeah, we, well, we do do that. It's, um, we have our monthly management meetings and then um, there's some of the team and I would catch up every quarter. And we sort of say, this is where our trajectory is. And we sort of run an analysis across the business saying, right, this has been profitable, this not so much, we'll move that one on. And we're always chopping and changing. We don't sort of set and forget. Yep. It's always, and even to this day, every week, um, admin will run a report with a, a profit and loss for their creditors and debtors. And then I'll adjust that even down to the overtime, what the guys are doing to be able to reflect. And since we've got that far involved with the financial side of things and tweaking it weekly, some of my other business mates, they, they think it's too often. But since I've started doing that, it, it's hit the um, uh, KPIs every time. Aaron, it's never too often. You know, I'm, yep. I'm involved with a large business um, as an outsider, and uh, every Friday we get a report sent to us, or, or the key group sent, uh, sent to us. It has probably 10 indicators, 10 KPIs on it, and you can read that every Friday afternoon, and you know exactly how the business is going. Yeah, that's it. You know, and it's really important. Because then you, if you see something that's changed 
and you don't know what it is, you can ring up and say, hey, what happened here? And it will be something innocent or something, you know, which is an issue. So who challenges you? Do you have someone that challenges you in your thinking? Uh, yeah, no, look, yeah, my sister's probably the biggest culprit. Um, she always just loves giving me a bit of a touch-up, I suppose you can say, but she always supports the decision at the end of the day. She'll voice her concerns and then we'll... We'll sort of steal it out over the table and work out which way is the best avenue. But I always tell her that I'm always right and she thinks I'm not always right. So, But at least you've got that challenge and Correct, debate. yeah. And, and it does. Some of the things she says holds value and I have reassessed what I thought and then they go, right, uh, at the end of the day, if I do decide this is the decision that the rest of the managers will support that decision. But you are you and you've got the business to where it is today because of who you are. Yes. And that always will be in the background. But well done if you are actually listening to others because a lot of people in your position don't listen. How many staff have you got all up? Direct and indirect, around 70. Yeah, well, that's a fair that's payroll for me every yeah. week, isn't it? Yep. yep. And you invested a hell of a lot of money in plant and equipment, I know. A substantial right. amount, yes. Yeah. And did yep. I read that you had uh, 100 pieces, or probably more now, of... Equipment? Correct. So we've field. got about 100 and just over yeah. 140 bits of plant and equipment. So yeah. we are, um, I bought out a 50% share of another drilling company late last year. Uh, we've changed the name now to Southern Carve. You see they're getting around, so I'm part owner of that with Joel as well. And since we took over that, he does exactly the same thing, but all I do is steer the ship in a different direction, and we've grown that business it's nearly 400% in 10 months. That's good. Uh, mm. Mark, uh, I noticed in the judging awards when you, and by the way, um, Aaron, you uh, were a first-year entrant yeah. this year and you won the overall award. Yeah. Mark and I are both judges on those awards and uh, just to be sure, we didn't judge this business. No, we didn't. Um, but one of the comments I noticed was that the judges were impressed with your innovation. Yes. Now, what? explain what, that, what did they mean by that. I invest a lot of money into just trying to, like the innovation side of things, so we're always trying to change things and the thing. Uh, we had a few truck rollovers over the last few years. So we've got these balls called baffle balls. Put them in the water tanks and it stops the inertia of the truck. You fill the whole tank up with the baffle balls and it only takes up, I think it was less than 2% or 3% of total volume, so that takes it. We've got the safety shovel you see in the corner there. That's like a magnetic carbon fibre shovel and it picks up any of the electrolysis in the ground. Um, another one's... We do a line with our big drills, so if you can't go under the rivers, buildings, mountains, so the U-Yangs, we drill under the U-Yangs, it actually works off the Earth's magnetic north. So we calibrate our steering tools to the northern basin of the Earth, and then we can just send that down as far as you want to go and as far out as you can go. So, so how, how, yeah. do you, sorry, how do you find this at? at Research. Right. And do you, are there trade shows and that you can go to around the world or what? yeah there is there's quite a few different shows you can go to a lot of a lot of things i've learned is just by talking to people as well like i'm a i'm a prick of a thing for asking questions if i get the same like i was saying to um bay fm yesterday if i get the wrong answer i'll ask the same question in a different manner in a different direction to try and get a different answer that maybe maybe i got the right answer the first time but i didn't quite understand what they were talking about so i'll ask it in a different way and same with our, um, one of our mud recycling units. So each of our drills uses twenty to 30,000 litres of mud per day. So we've got a recovery unit. It brings it down to 1% solid, so it goes over. And from there, you can mix a bit of lime and a flocculent with it, and it goes back into a diggable product at the end of the day, and we only go through maybe 8,000 litres of water instead. So you're about the sustainability. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. And innovative things that pop up, do you invent anything? 
because you're working in it, do you think, what if it could do this and then try and find somebody to well, do it? We're always chopping and changing things and say, oh, if that works, we'll, we'll be right. If it doesn't, we'll have lost 100 grand here. But you know, we try not to lose too much money. <laughs> but everything we've tried hasn't worked, but a fair chunk of them have worked to a particular point, yeah. And you're yeah. willing to take that risk because it just helps the business Correct. grow. Yep. And if it's easier for the business, easier for the guys. And that's where I want to try and push the business is trying to get the better work so the guys aren't constantly knackered every day and get the machines there to help them out to do their job. And that's the end thing. You mentioned the Yu-Yangs before. Could you drill a, a bore, a tunnel, whatever you call it, underneath the Yu-Yangs? Correct, yep. Right? Yeah. So, uh, because I noticed on uh, something I picked up on the internet that you've done some big projects with this, uh, the power lines going down through the Western District, I think down Mortlake Way and through that way. That's right, yes. So you're doing those, obviously, to go... It's set under highways, so I assume that with all this new energy just coming from the wind farms and that, that they've got to get, up, uh, uh, I guess, under bridges and under roads and all the rest, and that's an area you specialise in. That's, that's correct. That's what I saw, yeah. The biggest ones we've got lately is um, like environmental and cultural heritage. So a lot of things I'll see our drills sitting on the side of the road and it just looks like we're just drilling under paddocks, but it's actually the cultural heritage ground and we just drill under them, do that. A lot of the stuff down the Western District was for the bushfire mitigation. So any yeah. of the trees, can't dig a hole under the trees, so we had the contractor to put all the power lines underground. So if a bushfire goes through there, the residents still have active power in a shorter time. So what's the trickiest job you've done? The trickiest job? Oh, we've got a few of them. It seems to be getting them every week at the moment. Um... Some of the guys did one up in Footscray last year for the hospital. That was a tricky one, down at seven metres, and we had to put six balls, some at, I think that was six metres, three across, a metre separation. Then we had to sit back a few metres below that and put another three under the top three at a metre separation at seven metres deep. Wow. And that was running power lines? Running power for the hospital, I reckon. Footscray is a fascinating area. That whole area, there's tunnels and underground streams and, and everything all through there. Yeah. I used to have a factory in Footscray. And underneath the factory, I, I didn't know until one day somebody pointed out to me, there was a um, about a three-metre bluestone brick storm drain running right under the factory. And I think it was there for so long, no one remembered it was there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a crazy one. So that Werribee Zoo, on part of um, Development Victoria, got us engaged to do a highway crossing for the zoo. And we're just going through the... Um, we're trying to do a bore profile from it at the moment. And... It's the same thing, but a four and a half metre diameter sewer main that's brick lined. Let's try and get and nobody knew that. it was there, or you oh, did. No, you they know? knew it was there. Yeah. Yeah. That's the old Werribee sewer. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So yeah. And, and so, how do you deal with that? So you, you you're tracking it. How how do you know? So that's what that's there? part of the innovation as well. We've got a bore profiler, so we enter in the length of the drill rod, the maximum bender radius per rod. We plot it out. So the um, it's called a terror track. We go across the ground. We plot it out with that, and it works out the. The topography of the ground, and then we punch in where we need to be at what waypoints it is, and it pretty much spits it out whether it's achievable or not. And the one at Werribee was only supposed to be a hundred and forty meter shot, and it ended up having to be two hundred and fifty something meter shot wow. to be able to get the bend radius to be able to miss the assets. And, and do you do use ground penetrating radar to see what's sitting underneath? Correct. Your tool? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And is it accurate? It, it is. You just got to have the right technician working on it. And to be able to interpret. Correct. Ah, okay. Well, again, yep. Mark, this morning at this breakfast, um, when they were talking about what's happening to the share to the, in the share prices around the world, um, the, they put up a prediction that the highest increase in uh, shares in a segment would be all related to AI. And I yeah. guess this... And this is obviously what 
uh, without having to call it AI, but it's the IT technology, as I call it, and the advances in that, that is helping you drive your business. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I get excited another five to ten years. What's going to be out there? We might not even need the uh, the Gumby operator, I suppose you can say. Well, the, uh, you keep the good ones on and they get replaced with AI, but um, whether we get that lucky or not. Could it, well, be, could it be automated? Yeah. No, you're always going to have to have need somebody there. there. Yep, yep. For in case it goes... Correct. Yeah, you're always going to need someone there, but... Uh, you know, you needed my father because, um, believe it or not, he was a water developer. Yeah, right. So, and he used to get this fork of off a tree like twigs, <laughs> and, and during the Second World War, oh, there's articles in the paper that they used to employ him up uh, along the River Reen in that area to find water. Yeah, so, you don't need AI. You just, <laughs> you just need a water divider. You need, you need the right person. Yeah, that's right. Well, Dad taught me that with a bent bit of um, wire. Yeah, you hold it loose in your hand. Right. You walk across and it picks up the electrolysis and it moves the moves the wire well, in line. That's what happened with yeah. yeah. I remember that as a kid. Yeah. I don't have that skill, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so how do you attract business? Do they come to you, or are you actively at their seeking? What what do we you get? We get invited to tender a lot of products. So we used to be actively looking, and now we're at that size now. We actually get invited for a lot of, like our main clients are the power industry, and we, yep. we're very successful at the power. Um, and a lot of these big tenders come out as sort of one in four, one in six, whoever they invite. But yeah, a lot of our, our bigger, like the multi million dollar products, I guess you'd say, is invite. We don't actively look for anything really and is the, and do you do smaller jobs if someone we do yes if someone wants to put a pipe under their driveway yeah so get... we're pricing one as a 20 meter crossing in colac so mm. and then we've got guys doing a few kilometer pipelines out at um, the okay. airport yeah. so at the end it doesn't matter it doesn't it's just matter. A, it's a job yeah. and we've got small drills and we've got big drills and we've got a diverse group All of right, people Aaron. Now, I know you can't work 24 hours a day as much as you'd like to. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> but, don't want to. <laughs> but, but what do you do when you're not working? So I'm trying to do, um, my wife and I are trying to do a wildlife park out at the farm. So yeah. it's going to be, for me, the animals are the calming part of things. Yes. They never, they're, they're always there. They're always happy to see you. They never talk back. Where's that located? Just out at Maud. Oh, well, that's a good area. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got a lot of a lot of animals out there now, and we want to try and help out the... Um, we had a gentleman out from, I don't know what the company was called, but he helps out NDIS. Yeah. And they, they got a wind of us through, so my wife owns a smoothie bar. They got wind that we do the animals out there, and he goes, oh, can I come out and have a yarn? I go, yeah, no worries at all. I didn't, didn't really know too much about it. He comes out, and he, we've got four big camels there. I go, the camels won't hurt you. They're like a dog, but they're just intimidating because of the size of them. And they just couldn't get the smiles off their face. I go, is there any chance we'll be able to bring some... Like people with disabilities through here. I go, yeah, that, that's fine. It's, um, that's where we want to try and go. So people can, you can actually go in and pat and handle the camel or the water buffalo, or the ostrich or whatever it is, yeah. So what got you into that? I've always had a love for animals. Okay. Yeah, always had a love for it. So we've got, we've got a fair few out there and we're just going through um, opening up to the public. That's yeah, really cool. Delp. Yeah, very cool. So you've got to grow feed now. Is that correct? <laughs> oh, the feed's the expensive part. I, 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 I it's know the most that. expensive hobby I've had for a while. But well, you better get whip around, whip around the reardons there, and uh, yeah, ask, ask Jim yeah. for uh, yeah, a bit Give of feed. A few truckloads. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, so Aaron, in five years' time, what do you want to be doing? I'd like to have the wildlife park up and going. And been self-sustainable for there. Just um, so we've got a lot of volunteers out there to try to help out where we can. But 
Try and slow down a little bit from working seven days. That'd be ideal if I could just do work five. And that's to have, say, somebody running it for you and you're just here. Yeah, I sort of oversee everything and, yep. and sort of take a bit of a step back if I can. It's just because I don't sleep much. It's sort of, you know, you get not sleeping much and then you get depressed. And I thought about it a few times, well, why, why do I even do this? A lot of people in big companies will say the same or similar things. It's, you just need that. All you need is those couple of people to help you out and then you can make anything work, really. Just on that point, uh, people I'm mentoring or consulting to, uh, all private business owners, one of my first questions is, how's your health? Mm. When did you last have a full medical checkup? Well, and for you, when did you last have a prostate test, <laughs> etc.? Do you in, are you into um, body maintenance, as I call it, rather than car maintenance or machinery maintenance? Yeah, no, that's a good yeah. question. You do. You just sort of keep feeding whatever your body's got to do to keep it going. You don't actually look at the the benefits, or well, there's no benefits to it really. It's um, the overall health things. Like, oh, in my head, I've, I've got to get this job done. I've got to get it done. And then I've got to got to get the drills over here and. People don't see that side of things. I said to someone a while back, I go, it's, it's almost cruel owning a business. It yeah. really is. Yep, yeah, I agree. We're at the point now we can't, we can't stop. We're too far, too far in now. But at least you're recognising it and you're, yeah. you're thinking how, how can you extract yourself a Correct. little bit out of it. Yep. And then you've got an outlet in the, the animals. So yeah. that's obviously giving you that rest when you're I was there. I going to push doing a bit the... harder to get over there. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah, but at least you know. That, Mark, that's you really know, cool. This is our tipping point issue again. We, Aaron, we always talk about tipping points where people are doing things and suddenly something happens that tips them in a different direction. And I will predict that you will get to a point where you can get some key management around you that can run your business without you having to be here even though the business could probably run now, I guess, without you having to be here, but mentally you're not <laughs> in that frame of mind. Yeah, I'm just not quite there. So yeah. uh, your tipping point will be when you you can make that mental adjustment. Yep. And I, I guarantee things will start to change because I've been through it personally. Yep. Mark's mm-hmm. been through it personally. And you've got to seek help when you need help. And especially yeah. when your young one starts to grow up and you want yeah. to have time with them. Yeah. It, 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 all that plays against you. So, Aaron, how do people get in touch with you? What's the best way to find you? Uh, on our website, to be honest with you. We Which just is, put a new website out there, dreadcore.com. So, yep. And uh, there's email and phone contacts there. Yes, everything's on there. Yeah, okay. So just give a Google to Dreadcore and we should hopefully pop up if they've... Um on there, but we've just done a new website, so that's all. Well, up and I looked here. at it last night, but uh, where did the logo come from? The logo, the bear, the boar. Yeah, yeah. no, nah, I did that one when I sort of took over from dad. Dad had um, a more modest looking, it just looked like a, a picture of a pig, I suppose you could say. Yeah. And then I said to one of our guys, um, oh, Jimmy, like, oh, do you reckon you'd be able to do something that looks a bit cooler? He goes, just leave it with me. And he's literally just done the whole thing. Yeah. Well, well it's a known. great, it's a great yeah. name and a great logo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. everyone's really sort good. of seen it getting around a it's little bit. It's a trademark, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Know, and there's no reason to change it. You know, that's yeah. good. Yeah. So, Aaron, thank you. No, thank you. Really enjoyed talking to you, and and congratulations on winning the business of the year. Thank you. Congratulations on all the success you've had, and uh, wish you the best for your your animal park no, thanks and much. also you trying to adjust your life to, to, to get a bit more balance in it but yeah it's been a pleasure to talk to you yeah, no, th- thanks for the invite thank you Aaron as we always say everyone has a story thank you